When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. This is Inside Purple and Gold. Kind of a good segue because you look at, we talked about O'Connell and obviously Quasi and ownership to a degree is, is going to be involved in this process of hiring the next defensive coordinator, but it's going to come down to O'Connell at the end of the day. Um, it kind of feels like his hire to make. Um, he made the wrong one with Ed Donatel last year. We'll see if he can make the right one with whoever he chooses this year. Regardless, he had a great year. Um, and, and we're a little late on this because we're recording kind of this week as opposed to last week when, when this happened. But the Associated Press, they announced their award finalists last week. Coach of the year. I'll read it all five, and you will notice that one name is missing. <laughs> the finalists for coach of the year. Brian Dable, New York Giants. Sean McDermott, Buffalo Bills. Doug Peterson, Jacksonville Jaguars. Kyle Shanahan, San Francisco 49ers. And Nick Sirianni, Philadelphia Eagles. He's probably going to win the award. Kevin O'Connell snubbed. How do you feel about that? He's not in the top five. Um Hard to argue with the, some of these names, but I, I yeah, he felt like one of those guys that could push any of these five out. Yeah, because you know I'm looking over him. Like Dayball was kind of my guy in the regular season, but I think you're right. Like Sirianni, the fact that um, they were the Eagles were by far in my mind the best uh, NFC team. Like to the extent we almost took him for granted late in the season, mm-hmm. and I still don't know. Like now we have to compare it this way because the AFC is different. We look at the quarterbacks in the AFC playoff picture. It just was a stronger conference. And when I was looking at the NFC teams, I'm like the Eagles would have been fine in that mix, but also I think we would have been like, well, their quarterback's not quite what like Justin Herbert is or what Burrow is or what Mahomes is. And like, um, so I don't know. I think Sirianni's done a great job. It's a, it's a weird situation being in a pressure filled market with a really talented team with expectations and a quarterback, you got to get playing at the level hurts ended up playing in. Right. But that was the question mm-hmm. mark. I think going back to week two and the Vikings played them, that was kind of the, the story around the Eagles. So I mean, that dude killed it. Like Shanahan blows my mind. We'll get to like, there are limitations. Like at some point he's going to need a reliable quarterback, but somehow he got a team this far, granted in a watered down NFC, but got a team this far with freaking Brock Purdy and Jimmy Garoppolo. So, so, you know, you can't argue with that one. Doug Peterson, I think is an interesting one. Like you would think a guy would have a lot of acclaim winning a Super Bowl with Nick Foles, but this is what happens when you're in Philadelphia. You know what I mean? Like, like Mm -hmm. this pressure packed uh, East coast market in some ways, like it almost seems like, you know, he like a fluke or something. And I actually think that was a great coaching job. I think we learned like, that's a great pairing with Lawrence. Lawrence is not like 
there, we weren't all wrong about him. I think we were all correct with Urban Meyer that maybe he shouldn't have an NFL <laughs> job and that dude might not be the coolest guy. And man, he's making a lot of money not to to coach that team. But um, I, you know, I understand that one. I talked about Dayball. I guess the only one I could argue with is McDermott. And I think he, I'm maybe discounting him because of like past success, right? We have yeah. uh, expectations for Buffalo, for uh, Allen. Um, that's one where I, I guess, and, and again, maybe it's like homerism or something, but like, I could see O'Connell sneaking in there just because you look at narratives and kind of trajectory, like buff, it's hard to maintain expectations, especially in a place like that, which is a different than Philadelphia, but still a market where they really expect a lot out of the bills. Um, having said that, like, I don't know how many people remember we, we were going through predictions, like 13 wins seemed like the most absurd thing I've ever said. And I say yeah. a lot of absurd things, but like that, uh, the fact that he wrung this much out of kind of what the Vikings had, um, I understand there is some, uh, like it's unlikely the Vikings would ever or any team would replicate 11 wins straight um, until obviously the playoffs and the one score games. But he it's this is not like this didn't come out of the blue. Like he was he was working on situational stuff, right? He got something more out of Kirk Cousins than we thought was there. Um, he did maximize Jefferson to the extent like people were disappointed he didn't break Calvin Johnson's record, right? Um, you know, I just I, I thought O'Connell did well. I don't think he would have won. I'm a little surprised he's not in the top five. There's no shame, I guess, in some ways, if it's McDormand who took a spot or but I don't know where he'd actually end up if you like ranked it out 10, you know, out to 10 or whatever. But um, I just I do think this discounts it a little bit. And I think it's a little bit. What have you done for me lately? Lost the playoff mm -hmm. games to the Giants. That's pretty bad. Probably shouldn't have lost that <laughs> team. Um, and I think it's a little bit of like the defense fall apart and he made that higher and, you know, whatever. I mean, you know, it's just like no one really fully trusted that team or really should anyone have um, throughout the season. But I also think part of me thinks like this probably doesn't efface O'Connell and like if yeah. he's I think he's a good coach but like if he's really this good put yourself in the running next year right go do something even crazier which is like follow up on a 13 win schedule or season with um a team that has roster crunch and there's gonna be turnover and uncertain defense and a harder schedule I actually think that's you know again he has another opportunity next year so I don't think this was like his one shot to be in that mix yeah and and when you go through the names like you did, Tom, like it is hard to find a name to take out of that top five. So while I, I personally think Kevin O'Connell was snubbed in a way of being a finalist. Cause like 13 wins has a first year coach, 11 and 0 in one score games seems like a, a resume good enough to be in the top five of a coach of the year board. You know, I, I'm not taking Sirianni off there. I'm not taking Shanahan off there. I'm not taking Dable off there. And if you want to argue Peterson and McDermott, I'd have a pretty hard time arguing. Um, I think if Kevin O'Connell was in there and Doug Peterson was left off, people in Jacksonville would be feeling the same way that, that Doug Peterson was snubbed. So it's just how the cookie crumbles. Um, I think that's a good point you make. Um, Kevin O'Connell, he, he does a good job seeing like the bigger picture. I don't think this really ma matters to him. Mm -hmm. He was also not going to win coach of the year too. So it's not like, this guy who everyone in market thought was going to win coach of the year, all of a sudden isn't even a finalist. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, he has an, another chance to prove himself next year. He's laid a really good foundation, probably punched above his weight class a bit this year or, or got the Vikings to punch above their weight class a bit this year. So, you know, his, his coaching chops will be tested moving forward here. Um, luckily for him, um, while there is a cap crunch and then the roster will look a lot different. 
He will have Justin Jefferson. It's only a matter of time before that guy gets whatever money he mm-hmm. wants from, mm-hmm. from Quasey. And, and and the cap going up, um, Tom Pellicero from NFL Network reported this yesterday, is jumping like $25 million. That'll, that'll help next year. That'll help kind of them make some money work with, with Justin Jefferson. It's, it's not going to take away the cap problems because the Vikings are still right up against it. Um, but having Justin Jefferson on your team, um, will make your job as a coach uh, a heck of a lot easier. He was actually named a finalist for the MVP last week um, by that same yeah. Associated Press finalist list that left Kevin O'Connell off coach of the year. Just kind of speaks to how good Justin Jefferson is. Um, again, he's not going to win MVP, um, but he's the only non-quarterback in the finalist list. Yeah, and I think part of we've seen, you know, we talk about who he is, and I think he is a good person, but the non-diva nature, I don't know how how to perfectly say that, like his contentness, let's say, is a result of O'Connell. We, th- You know, it, like that report came out that like Zimmer, perhaps unsurprisingly, just never had him in his office. It's absurd given that's his star player, but he's also on the offense, I guess. Um, and I think, you know, part of, part of this kind of, I remember at one point kind of asking him like, Hey, you're this far from Calvin Johnson when it was still in reach and him just being like, Mm -hmm. yeah, I mean, I want to do that, but also it'd be nice if we won a few of these games down the stretch. Um, I think a lot of that comes from O'Connell that he has, like he wants to throw the ball. So he runs passing plays. Should he do it on like third and one in that playoff game? No, that was ridiculous. But like under, under other circumstances, it's a fun way to kind of exploit the arm he has, I guess. And like um, he's, he's played him out of the backfield and in the slot and out wide and stuff. And so like, that is, um, this is indirectly O'Connell, I think has helped Justin Jefferson launch into that. Obviously it's his skill set. The other thing is we should say, and I don't know how they quantify that or if they quantify this in the NFL, but he drives winning for the, for the Minnesota Vikings. It is not like, you know, cousins kind of sets a floor or operates the offense just fine. But like, he is the driver. Like you don't win the Buffalo game for sure. There's other games, you know, that, that like he gets a critical third down that everyone kind of forgets or whatever. And like, there is something I think about just not, not only how spectacular he is as a player, you know, I think of the Buffalo catch or just various things he did throughout the year that almost seems superhuman, but like the fact that he'll take a hit over the middle and just bounce up and he does this first down thing. And you're like, you know, I think that does kind of demotivate the defense a little bit pumping up his guys. Um, You know, I think, I don't know, to me, like MVP just is what it is. It's like, it's the best quarterback with some exceptions, right? I guess is maybe how you you say that rule. I think this is just an achievement by itself that, that at least the league is recognizing like how much Justin Jefferson means to the Vikings and the league is better with him. Right. I mean, we say that with Burrow and the weapons that he has or like Mahomes and, and Hill when, when he was there like this, this is obviously, this is a player who like, not just mean something to Vikings fans, but to people all throughout the league. So I, I just look at this as an achievement. I know he's not going to win. Yeah. I, I'm glad at least he was nominated. Yeah, for sure. I mean, simply being in, in the MVP finalist list for a receiver is essentially winning the MVP because you're never going to win it. Like Adrian Peterson winning the award as a running back. Bonkers. Yeah. Bonkers. It took just an unbelievable season and probably if we go back like some down years for, for quarterback play that year, yeah. it's just a different league. Now the quarterback's always going to win. The fact that Justin Jefferson is here in this list after being mentioned in that kind of breath throughout, you know, the latter portion of the season is proof that, okay, maybe we're starting to recognize that it's not just a quarterback's award. 
it, it, I've always compared it to like the Heisman ceremony, right? Yeah. I'm a yeah. Hawaii guy. When yeah. Colt Brennan, RIP, when they went undefeated, he got to go to the Heisman ceremony in New York. And for Hawaii, that was like winning. That was like him winning the Heisman. He wasn't going to win the Heisman, but Colt Brennan got to damn be at the ceremony. And, and, and this is Justin Jefferson. Justin Jefferson got to be at the, the MVP ceremony. He wasn't going to ever win, but there he was. Um, it's a little respect to the name. Um, regardless, though, that guy's going to wreak havoc for, around the league for a decade to come, and, and, and the Vikings are obviously very, very lucky to have him.